Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Congratulations, America. We made it through another Thursday, and now we ask the eternal question, who's actually good or even kind of good? Christian Cat hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. I will give it this much. At least the end was thrilling. At least the end was thrilling. And it didn't involve Nathaniel Hackett. Those are all wins in my book. The Commanders beat the Bears 12-7 to last night. And the Bears think they're almost there. But I actually beg to differ. Mm. I, I, I don't think they're, they're almost there. Ken Levick alive on a Friday here on ESPN 106.3. The free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. And at John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the hot and uncomfortable intracoastal. Christian Cat Silent Assassin running this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. And Theo Dorsey in for his regular Friday duty. WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. And right before we went on the air, uh, Theo begrudgingly looked at his phone, looked at next Thursday night, and saw on Amazon Prime we're getting a big heap and helping of the Cardinals and the Saints. Oof. And your face dropped, but I do need to acknowledge, Theo, that that seems like a utopia. That seems like salvation compared to the last two weeks of Thursday games. It, it's sad that it does seem that way, but with the way that the Cardinals have played in the first half of every game this year and the fact that the Saints, we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. Are we going to watch some Taysom Hill by then? Oh. Like, I just feel like with the way that Thursday night footballs have been going, there's no way Saints-Cardinals proves to be anything better. Taysom Hill, Kyler Murray, let's <laughs> get it. Last night after the Bears come up empty on a bobbled uh, completion at the goal line that Uh if it was caught initially and not bobbled it would have delivered the Bears the win Justin Fields obviously emotional did not have a particularly good night he has not had a particularly good season and Justin Fields Bears quarterback had this to say after the game last night everybody's mad I mean nobody's happy about his loss Um, you know uh, it's just we always get told that we're almost there we're almost there like me personally, I'm tired of being almost there. I'm tired of being, you know, just just this close. Uh, I feel like I've been hearing it for so long now. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is get back to work. Um, that's the only reaction you have. Live and you learn. And just get back next week and you know, keep, keep going. Keep getting better. Almost there. Almost there. I'm tired of hearing how we're almost there. Well, my question is, who's telling him that the Bears are almost there? Where are they almost? At 500? There is relative, though, right? He never defined what That's there was. True. I guess I guess that it could be any number of yeah. things. And that brings us to Mike Tannenbaum, our football insider, former Jets GM and Dolphins president of football operations. And he joins us every week here, our football insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Um, Mike, let's start with this. Um, are the Bears... Like Justin Fields believes, or people have been telling him, almost there, in your opinion? You know, I thought Ken, uh, Kirk Herbstreit did a pretty good job last night, guys, talking about 
you know, what's open in the NFL compared to what's open in college. And he does have to let the ball rip a little bit more than he's done. And I think that comes with experience. Now, look, I think their offensive line is terrible. Um, I think their skilled players are below average. But um, I think the only grade, realistically, guys, we could give, um, you know, Justin Fields right now is a great incomplete because, you know, I'm not so sure that, uh, you know, Jim McMahon will look good behind that offensive line. No, mm. no. And uh, I, I just – you're right. And that's what I was going to ask you. If we're in a spot here with Justin Fields where there is so little around him or at least protecting him – like, think about it. Nikhil Harry, if you look at the roster, is probably his best receiving option, and that's a problem. Um, but you can't really judge him. And I just worry, Mike, that you have a young guy like that who obviously has high expectations for himself, and he's in a, a very very high-profile city with a very high-profile team, and you just look at his mannerisms and you see how dejected he is in post-game press conferences. Are the Bears ruining this kid? Yeah, that's a fair question, Ken. You know, that goes back to the old you know notion about like David Carr, you know, Derek's older brother who got sacked you know a whole bunch of times by Houston in the former of years his career and wasn't able to survive. I don't, I don't think we're there yet, but um, you know that happens, guys. Like. The quarterback's a developmental position, right? We're seeing Jalen Hurts play better. We saw Josh Allen take a big step the second year. And a lot of these players that are coming out of these big programs, you know, they only know success. So dealing with bumps in the road is something that's new for them. Uh, so uh, as we talk with Mike Tannenbaum here on uh, Ken Levick Alive, I do want to go through a team you think is almost there. I don't think the Bears are almost there. I think a 500 season for the Bears would be an ultimate success, and that's not cutting it in the NFC, at least I don't believe. What teams do you think are almost there when it comes to being a contender, a team that could win a postseason game? They're on the way up. Things are trending in the right direction. Who is almost there per Mike Tannenbaum? The Chargers. Um, I think they have a great young quarterback in Justin Herbert, and I think they have a defense not as good with Joey Bosa out, not as good on the offensive side with Rashad Slater out, but I think they're almost there. I I like their foundation. I like where they're going. Uh, So, Deshaun Watson, uh, there's another accuser. This is a totally different situation with a certified massage therapist. The accusations are similar to the previous ones, but there's a new lawyer involved. This is back in Texas. Now, the NFL can't levy any further punishment on the Browns uh, or on Deshaun Watson, I should say. But when it comes to the Browns, what do you think would have to happen for them to step in and say, hey, um, we need to make an additional punishment? Or you even think that's realistic, that that would ever happen in any way, shape, or form, no matter wh- how many more allegations come to light? Yeah, in situations generally, like when you speak to uh, you know, a player that's had bumps in the road, one of the things that you do is you sit down and say, literally, like, tell me everything. Like, we're going to solve this once and for all uh, in a global way. But the only way we're going to do that is we need to know absolutely everything. And, you know, there is a presumption of innocence in our country. Obviously, given the recent history of what's happened, when these allegations come out, they have to be taken very, very seriously. Um, you don't know if it was this contemplated um, in, in the discipline with the NFL. Um, this brings up probably, candidly, a lot more questions than answers. And, again, you know, these are very serious situations. It's like this is – you know, sexual misconduct, there's, you know, potentially a victim here if this is proven to be, you know, true, and uh, one in which you have to take these allegations very, very seriously. Mike T. Theo here. Um, and, and speaking of, of teams that are almost there, I look at the uh, Los Angeles Rams right now, 
and the way that their offense has struggled, the way that their defense hasn't looked up to par like we usually see, is this this week's game at home with the Carolina Panthers, who I like to refer to as the Carolina Pinatas right now because I think they'll be everybody's punching bag. Is this the get-right game for them, or do you think the Panthers show a little bit more fight because they shed the dead weight of Matt Rule? Yeah, that's a great question. This is an important game uh, really for both teams. You know, the Rams were dismantled at home by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, in fairness, I think the Cowboys are going to do that to a lot of teams. Um, but this is really an important game for them. And because they are home, um, I do like them this week. But um, if they would lose to Carolina, um, that would be a, a, a really, really telltale sign. That would make the uh, NFC West wide, wide open. Mm. I wanted to ask you, Mike, about the situation in Washington because the ESPN story comes out yesterday, Dan Snyder, it sounds like, in short, he has the capability of potentially blackmailing owners if they try Tuesday at the owners' meetings to make a move to take the team away from him. Ron Rivera was very, very upset last night at a question after the report insinuated that it was Dan Snyder who went out and they he was the, the spearhead for Carson Wentz, and Ron Rivera said, I pulled out the papers I got the deal done that does not seem like a very conducive successful situation there in Washington is that holding them back I mean I think Carson Wentz at times is extremely limited maybe they don't have the best roster but that head coach owner dynamic or lack thereof how much does that hurt the franchise well you know it's one of those things where you certainly you want to minimize distractions like that's job number one for anybody you know running a team and that's clearly not the case I I look Candidly, love what Coach Rivera did. Um, you know, he's really well thought of. Players like playing for him. And I think last night was a great example of why that was, to me, guys, like that was authentic uh, leadership. You know, he misspoke earlier in the week, he owned it. Um, and if I'm Carson Wentz, like I want to play for Coach Rivera. And look, as it relates to owners, you know, I, I worked in the league for over 20 plus years. Like, there's, you know, part of it. It is definitely an issue. You know, it's a distraction. But I got to tell you guys, like, players, like, that's so far above their level. They're just worrying about the here and now. Like, every week, you know, the NFL creates its own sort of, like, drama and challenges and opportunities. And, and the best players that I know, like, in season, you know, their heads were down. They were worried about the task at hand, whoever they were playing. And, you know, those other distractions were things that you try to minimize, you know, to the extent you could. Uh, And then uh, as far as the two games of the year of the century this weekend, week six of the NFL, the Bills at the Chiefs, the Cowboys and the Eagles, who are you picking in those two games? Yeah, I mean, this is an unbelievable weekend. I I like um, the Chiefs at home. I think Buffalo um, is a great team, obviously. But if you can minimize their big plays, I think um, they're, they're beatable, much the way, you know, the Dolphins showed they were. And then I like Dallas on the road because I, I love their defense, guys. But, boy, they, they are two games of the year. It should be uh, just as fans of the sport, you know, exciting to watch. And I wanted to tell you, so I don't forget because I forgot last week um, uh, when, when we talked, the blue with the black sort of checkered design suit coat that you wear and you wore it this week on Mondays when you appear on ESPN, I think that's your best your best suit coat. I think that is your best sport coat. It looks good. It looks sharp. And I appreciate when you wear it. And I just wanted to let you know that. You know, Ken, like that really completes my week because getting <laughs> haberdashery feedback from you is, you know, consequential to how my week's going to go. So it's outcome determinative. 
that I'm having a great week based on your haberdashery uh, remarks. So thank you very yeah, much. You no, know, ab- absolutely. <laughs> and if there's anything I am, it is a fashion expert, and I think it looks very good on you, Mike. Uh, if you could <laughs> tell us a little bit about Greco Chevy. Well, I'll tell you what. Regardless of what you may wear, from my, my <laughs> suits to my teenage son's, uh, you know, North Broward prep uh, attire, uh, North, Greco Chevrolet, conveniently located on Federal Highway in Delray Beach, is a great car buying experience. Our family has bought many cars there, and Ron and his staff does an incredible job, and we're proud partners of them. And uh, they 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 look good, they wear good clothes, and they sell great cars. I love it. I love it, Mike. Great work as always. We'll talk next week. Okay. Have a great weekend. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. That is Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Ken LaVica Live. Uh, and again, and I've told you, Theo, that suit coat just looks really nice. It's a nice-looking sport coat for Mike T. It's a nice one. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yep. It, it fits him well. He got it tailored, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, that's, his, that's his go-to. I like it. The man dresses for success, yeah. and that I can appreciate. Uh, this per Optostats, by the way, Theo. The Bears last night. Oh, we don't had, have to do this. I had a 61-yard drive to the five that resulted in a pick where Justin Fields threw it off the head of a defensive lineman, and it got picked off. 69-yard drive to the one, turnover on downs. 61-yard drive to the four, turnover on downs. No other NFL team in the last 30 years has had three drives in one game where they drove 60-plus yards to the five-yard line or closer but scored absolutely nothing. Go Bears. I I um the the funniest part of last night was me really realizing that I'm starting to rub off on my fiance Ashley. Mm-hmm. Her dad is like a huge Bears fan. Um, from Chicago, from the South Side. I know how that goes. I've been there. I've done that. Yeah, and he I mean he he goes to every single year. He him and his guys take a trip to go to an away game, and they make sure they hit a home game as well. So they get at least two games in a year. Um, huge Bears fan, and I realize I'm starting to negatively affect. Ashley, who's the sweetest girl ever, right. would never harm You're anybody. You're corrupting her. I'm corrupting her because at halftime of that game, which we were watching together, um, she decides, I'm going to call up my dad on speakerphone. Are, wait, are you teaching her how to troll? I, I didn't know Theo. she had it in her. Oh, I didn't know she had it in her. And the worst part of all of it was, you can tell in his voice, he's thinking, oh, I'm, I'm pissed at this game. I'm having the worst time ever. My daughter's calling me. Let me pick up. Maybe this is like a pick-me-up call. This will lift my mood. Yeah. yeah. He's thinking like, oh, this is something that get my focus off the fact that the Bears suck. And she's like, Dad, are you watching the game? <laughs> he was pissed. Oh, I've never. God. I've been around her so many times when she's called her dad. He's always in a good mood, yeah. helpful, happy. He was like, this is not the time. He was like, uh, what was the line he said? He said, you know the rules. This is not the time. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. I love that. See, for me, bad. for me, and I haven't talked to my, my dad uh, about last night's game, but I know that he's just checked out. So I can't yeah. call him, and he's still up in the Chicago area and still, uh, you know, still, still all over the Bears, but he's so checked out that it doesn't even affect his life That's anymore. Nice. And that is a nice thing. Like he just, he, it doesn't, it doesn't bother him at this point. It's bad. It's bad. But, but I know what it's like as a follow of the uh, of the Bears to feel underwhelmed by your quarterback. Now it turns out it's more than just the quarterback with this team, and I, I it. It hurt. I felt something when Carson Wentz laid that huge block on Roquan Smith oh, last man. night. Like that was more humiliating than anything else that happened in that game. Well, what about the time I forget the defensive back's name uh, on the Bears, but he defended the pass with the back of his head yeah. and then got flagged for uh-huh. it. The, I had to explain to to both my fiance and my friend's wife why. Like, yeah, that's I know it was funny. They're laughing. They're like, oh, but he did a good job. I'm like, actually, no, he, he that's a not. penalty. That's actually the epitome of he's a bad got, job. The, it, hitting the back of his helmet 
while he's grabbing and clutching at the guy, that's the, actually the definition of a bad job. They were like, position. he stopped him from catching the ball, though. I said, yeah, yeah there's yeah. rules. There's, yeah, there's, there's rules. There's it's rules placed. against that sort of thing, precisely. <laughs> it um, was bad. But, but I, I mean, think about it. I was born in 1984. Yeah. Okay? So Jim McMahon is the quarterback of the Bears. The Bears, very shortly after, won the Super Bowl. Okay? From that point, I have seen names like Jim Harbaugh, who is, meh, meh, okay, to Rex Grossman being mm. the best Bears quarterback of my lifetime. Wow. The most successful Bears quarterback of my lifetime was Rex Grossman. No Kyle Jay Cutler had better talent, but Rex Grossman had vastly more success. Wow. Moses Moreno, Craig Krenzel, Shane Matthews. Mm. I mean, Jim Miller. You name the terrible quarterbacks, and the Bears have put him under center as a starter. I hadn't even heard of some of these guys. So I'm not phased as someone who will check up on the Bears. I'm not phased by the struggles of Justin Fields. It's just that the Bears rarely in the draft go and get a quarterback as high with so much potential as Justin Fields, but now he's not only playing poorly, but is clearly struggling mentally. Mm. The Bears are killing this guy. I think that adds a little bit of a gut punch, crotch punch, to Bears fans today. How how good, and, and I'm asking this earnestly, genuinely, I'm not trying to poke any fun, how good was McMahon actually? Or He wasn't that good. No, he wasn't that good. That's what I thought, because it seems like he gets heralded up even more just because of what happened after no, He was a Super Bowl winning quarterback who happened to have um, uh, Walter Payton yeah. behind him and happened to have arguably the greatest defense in the history of Monsters the sport the playing on the other side. Right. Yeah, so that's what I've always wondered. But he it, was fine, and his personality... Perfectly fit that team. Yeah. So that's why he gets a whole lot more credit than he probably deserves because he was the rebellious type, just like the team, just like the coach, just like the defensive coordinator, Buddy Ryan. Like he fit in perfectly from a personality standpoint. Yeah. And it also was easier to be, well, not easier, easier in talent wise to be a good quarterback back in the day. You really just had to be able to get pounded and get yeah. back up. Well, think about it. Brad Johnson, it feels like. Brad Johnson is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. You know? Like, that tells you all you need to know. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Different times. Yeah, different That's times. That's not happening today. But Jim Harbaugh's personality is ten times those guys. Yeah. Um, but Justin Fields saying, and let's hear it one more time, Justin Fields saying the Bears, people tell him they're almost there. Again, who are those people? And what is almost there when it comes to the Bears? Because I would beg to differ, but here's Justin Fields after last night's 12-7 loss to Washington. Everybody's mad. I mean, nobody's happy about his loss. Um, you know, uh, it's just we always get told that we're almost there. We're almost there. Like, me personally, I'm tired of being almost there. I'm tired of being, you know, just just this close. Uh, I feel like I've been hearing it for so long now. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is get back to work. Um, that's the only reaction you have. Live and you learn. And, Get back next week and you know, keep keep going. Keep getting better. Maybe he just means almost there as in like a win. I don't Maybe know. Maybe not as a contender, but just like as uh, a win. They beat the Bears have beaten Trey Lance and Davis Mills this year. And they should have beaten Carson Wentz last night. They should have beaten Carson Wentz last night. And they, they had Kirk didn't. Cousins against the ropes. They did. They're getting their fair share of bad quarterbacks is all I'm saying. But they also make just despicable mistakes Yeah, that have them fall short. And 
those are things, if your quarterback is that dude, he's able to overcome it. Yeah. And he's struggling, which is why I don't think the Bears are almost there. Again, seven wins for them, eight wins for them. That's a, that's, that's a successful year for the Bears, but, and I don't think they're going to get there. I was about to say, you're, you're putting the bar really high. If they get eight wins, I think we're talking coach of the year level stuff. Forever, Felusa? Yeah. That, that team is bad. I, I would assume five. Like I, I don't know what the odds are right now on the Bears' win-loss total, but I would assume around five. Like mm-hmm. that's, That seems reasonable. They're two and four right now, what, 14 weeks to go or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, for me, almost there, and we're talking about contenders, the definition of – of a, of a contender for me is a team that can go to the postseason and win a game or two in the postseason. Hell, they could go all the way, but they can find themselves with a check mark in the W column mm. in the postseason. And so almost there, I think for me, the definition of an almost there team is not the Bears. It is the Dolphins. But that's contingent upon Tua playing yeah. and staying on the field. Yeah. Now, do the Dolphins have enough offensively talent-wise to overcome? Maybe. The defense surely is frustrating, though, when they can't get off the field on third down. The secondary, you don't have X. It looks like he might be back this weekend. Byron Jones, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like That thing hasn't even been able to get going. That clock hasn't been able to start with him coming off of uh, of IR. So I just, I don't know. Like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, obviously put whatever quarterback you're going to play in a good, conducive situation. But there are extenuating circumstances that are now weighing on the Dolphins that make them an almost-there team. They, it brings them from a contender to an almost-there. Yeah, And that is the most bang-your-head-against-the-wall thing for the Dolphins is that through three weeks they look like contender, but now Tua gets hurt and Teddy Bridgewater is taken off the field after one play by some athletic trainer sitting 75 feet in the air, and as of today, still hasn't not? completed the reformed concussion yeah. protocol. That's insane. That's weird. That's absolutely insane. Where now you're having to start Skylar Thompson, Tyreek Hill's in a walking boot, your offensive line's starting to get banged up. So the Dolphins actually have downgraded from contender to Almost there. To me, I think the Dolphins are a true, a tried and true, almost there in the NFL going into week six. Yeah, they, they, uh, they're definitely, if, if we're talking about that category of teams, that's where they're, they're looking like they're at right now. You're right. I felt like they were more of contenders. Almost there for me, I think I have to go with the New York Giants. Like, I think for them, the fact that they're doing what they're doing so far. With what they currently have? Yeah, with what they have. It shows me that they have the competence level as an organization as well as they're maximizing who they have out there. So it's like once they do start getting, like once they maybe upgrade the quarterback position, once they maybe get a receiver or two in there that is better than average. You know what I'm saying? Like that could be a team to reckon with for years down the line because Brian Dayball seems to have it as a head coach. That coaching staff is just so competent. Yeah, and Wink Martindale, we already know, is a really good D.C. And I'm – look, I think the Ravens win this Sunday, but they're six-point underdogs at home, the Giants are, and they've looked and played a lot better than what our perception of the Giants actually is. So this Sunday is going to be an interesting one, um, seeing how Lamar Jackson – might be getting figured out by a guy that, you know, not just coached against him in practice, but also saw him on Sundays every single Sunday. If you can beat Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson in back-to-back weeks, I'm ready to bring the Giants from, even with how limited they appear to be on offense, I'm ready to push them from almost there to 
contender. They're feisty. They're like they believe that there's a there is a and I know it's not tangible. Yeah. And this this reeks of I can see it in their eyes, which I hate. I hate that. I hate that. But belief is a thing where if things are going so well and you're executing at the right times, you just believe that that's going to be the case on a game to game basis. Yeah, and and Daniel Jones believes Saquon Barkley does. Like the health of those two guys is really going to be what this swings on because as much as they're making do. It, it kind of is like an 80% Saquon Barkley offense, and the rest of it is Daniel Jones running around. Like, yeah. So, I, I again, it doesn't feel sustainable, but they're a feisty enough team to where if they sneak in the playoffs at 10-7, and seven, they can have a wild card game where, you know what, Wink Martindale is blitzing 75% of the time, Daniel Jones breaks a 75-yard run and doesn't fall down off the turf monster, and maybe Saquon Barkley punches a couple touchdowns. And you in, just hang on. And they hang on and beat a team that we thought would be a contender. Like yep. they, They're that kind of feisty, risk, risk-taking team, man. I'm, I'm a little nervous about them. So, Justin Fields says, ah, almost there. I'm tired of being almost there, but I don't think the Bears are almost there. <laughs> there's too many holes. That offensive line, <laughs> him, uh, that defense, there's too many holes for them to be almost there. They're a true reclamation project. He was actually right complimenting the team. Like he was giving them more of a compliment than he thought he was. Yeah. Because him thinking that they were almost there, he thought that was a negative thing. Whereas I would look at it if you're if you're thinking the Bears are yeah. almost there. You're more further along than the rest of America yeah. thinks right now, Justin. <laughs> we don't think we think you're almost there, like you yeah. said, to the top of uh, the draft order next year. Right. Like, you're you're feeling optimistic compared to everybody <laughs> else based on an assessment like that. It's rough. Which NFL team is almost there? They're almost there. They're almost a contender. Not quite there yet, but they're trending in the right direction. And a contender in the, mine and Theo's world is you can get to the postseason and you can win a game or two. I mean, you obviously can make a huge run and go all the way to the desert, but a game or two, you can get in the postseason and you can do some damage. That's a contender. Which NFL team is almost there? Into a contender. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Which team is almost there as a contender in the NFL as we go into week six? It ain't the Bears. I think the Dolphins have been downgraded from contender to almost there based on the injuries and the spotters and the entire thing Mm. that's going on with them. Theo thinks the Giants are almost there, and so I'll double down on that. I'll say I agree, but they're a win over the Ravens away from me almost jumping on the air Monday and saying uh, the Giants are actually a contender. Mm. You can't argue with 5-1. and No matter how they've gotten there, five and one is five and one. Ooh. I'm old enough to remember a 2001 Bears team that was limited that ended up finishing 13 and three because all they did was go to overtime with teams uh, like the Browns and the 49ers and have uh, Mike Smith pick off passes and bring them back for touchdowns. Brian Urlacher, that defense, uh, were outstanding. They won every game like 17 to 10, uh, 14 to 12, but it was good enough for 13 wins. Yeah. Like, I'm old enough to remember that, and I felt great about that. So, Giants fans, what I would say is it hasn't been pretty, but the proof of being a contender would be oh, yeah, we're 5 and 1. And I can't argue with that. Yeah. I can't argue with that. I'm not going to argue style points when the Dolphins are going into a game against Skyler, with Skyler Thompson as their starting quarterback against the division leaders in the NFC North, <laughs> right? Which team is almost there as a contender? 
in the NFL. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's head to the phones. Anthony is in West Palm. What's up, Ant? What's going on, guys? I think the Dolphins are right there. I mean, a quarterback away, I think, honestly. It doesn't take – I mean, we, we see how much talent there is all the way across the field. I'm not a Dolphin fan, per se, but I think they're a quarterback away. I mean, and I don't think Tua's a guy either. Oh, uh, I see. I think they're a Tua away. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they are – Tua was, before he got hurt, an MVP candidate, and not like a laughable one, like making a stretch. Like, top three right. MVP yeah. candidate are wrong with Josh Allen, and you don't appreciate – how timely he is and how precision that offense is until he's not there. And then it's right, clunky. We, and you might be right. Like maybe there's – he can't, he can't survive. Yeah, well, and that's, oh, the, that's the decision they're yeah. going to have to make is if and, – and, and, uh, I know. I don't want to say he's injury prone. Yeah. I don't want to do it because that's a hellacious shot. Anybody who took that shot in Cincinnati, they're still sitting in concussion protocol right now. And appreciate the call, Anthony. I don't I don't I don't want to it's tough. We just talked about the fact that Brad Johnson is a Super Bowl winning quarterback and Trent Dilfer is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You mean to tell me that Tua with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the way the offense was just slicing through defenses that is not sustainable? Like I think it absolutely is. Yeah. So for some it might seem offensive where I'm saying I think they're a Tua away. But even that is a little bit of a question mark. And I won't argue there are superior quarterbacks to Tua, but it doesn't mean Tua wasn't in the MVP conversation through three weeks. Tua is good enough to, like, so like we said, the days of Brad Johnson's and, and Trent Dilfer's winning Super Bowls, I think, are behind us. I mean, and if you think about it, the closest we've gotten to that was Jimmy Garoppolo with those Niners. Like, that was the mold, right? Like, a yeah. guy that's not as good, but he's tough enough. He makes just enough plays to make you good. Yeah. But yes. Tua, I think, is above that. I, I would agree. To, like, those guys are never in their careers, and yet it has not played out that way, throwing six touchdowns in one game. Don't care right. what the circumstances are. There's better are. production upside with Tua on yeah. a regular basis than there is with Jimmy G. And Jimmy but, G's been able to play in a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and the difference, I think, and, and a good point that, that he made, Ant, there, is Tua, he, I'm not going to say he's injury-prone either, but health has been an issue with him his whole career. His body is not built to take hellacious shots. Yeah, he's a small guy, and the mm-hmm. offensive line is not that strong. It's not that fortified. You went and got Armstead, and it's He's still, hurt already. Yeah, it's, it hasn't panned out like you thought it would. Speaking of players who haven't been able to stay healthy, yeah, Taron Armstead's another example. So that's the problem with Tua. The, the talent I don't think is a problem anymore. You don't need him to go out there and be Patrick Mahomes. You need him to go out there and beat Tua, but he can't beat Tua if he can't suit up and – Injuries have been a problem his whole career. Which NFL team is almost there as a contender? A team that can get to the postseason, do some damage. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go next to Boynton. That's where we find Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Turn down your radio, please. Hey, I, I, uh, the radio's on. <laughs> turn, no, turn, turn it, it down. down. Turn it down if you could. Oh, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I just, like, I hear myself all the time, and it's very uh, annoying, so I don't need to hear myself a second <laughs> time. So, uh, no, 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 you're, no you're good. Go ahead, buddy. As far as far as being a contender, man, I feel like uh, if, if, the, if the Saints can, can play a little bit more better defense and get and score some touchdowns, they, they, they'll be in it. <laughs> Say that again? So if they can stop people from scoring as much as they let, and then if they can score more, they'd be better at football, <laughs> right? Can, yeah, I feel like they'll be a good, a good contender. <laughs> 
You know what, though? I think that the the Saints don't feel very far off, though. Like they don't feel if don't you can get are. back Jameis Winston yeah. and Taysom Hill looked awesome, and I'm not a Taysom Hill guy at all. They played. He the looked Seahawks. awesome against the Seahawks. That's the worst. But I think some people would argue because we're all falling in love with Geno Smith that the Seahawks are an almost their team. But no, no, that's the worst. Appreciate you, Joe. Yeah, and I appreciate Joe's call as well because it was hilarious. If if they can just stop teams more and score some more touchdowns, and score, then they'd be better. True. And then they, like, that <laughs> that. Is NFL analysis. Get this guy a job. Find out where he is. If we can, Christian, just call him back. Get this guy's number. We can maybe bundle him over there to Miami, and they can start, you know, maybe that'll help him against the Vikings Now, the defense didn't show up last week, but the offense, the offense did. Yeah. The offense did. I'll give him that. And, I mean, you don't think that the Saints have a chance to beat the Bengals? The Bengals have not impressed me at all this season. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know they beat the Dolphins. I understand that. But if Tua plays the entirety of that game. I don't think they beat the Dolphins. Uh, they looked really inept offensively yeah. against the Ravens, a With Ravens no defense that's done nothing but allow fourth-quarter comebacks yeah. all year long. And then the Saints go to Arizona on Thursday night. I mean, who's to say after the next two games the Saints aren't a above 500 team? That's a very optimistic view of things, but what I would say is – if it's Andy Dalton starting, and if T. Higgins plays for the Bengals, I don't think the Saints even have a shot at home against Cincinnati this weekend. You don't have. You don't think they have? They have I don't a, even a think they have a chance shot. at the Superdome. I think the Seahaw- the Seahawks defense was just that bad. The C- and I don't even think Jamal Adams played. There's not a guy on that Seahawks defense that you could name and you would want on another team. Like, well, let's Jamal say they- Adams not playing has been a regular occurrence in Seattle. Yes, true. But he's he's like they're speaking of being made of glass. <laughs> he's their best run stopper, and he's a pain in the ass made of glass. Yeah, he is. That's a, that kind of run. Yeah, pain in the glass. <laughs> uh, if you have a pain, not there, but another pain, foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit BaptistHealth.net/ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit BaptistHealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. Which NFL team is almost there as a contender as we head to week six. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We hit up your calls on the other side. Theodore WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on a Friday on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. So, intern D. Wade crunched the numbers. Yes. And he says that, he says that 5-12 and 12 is the best the Bears can do. And that was being generous. And that was being generous. That was being kind. Because he is a kind soul. Very nice guy. Five and twelve. Five and twelve for the Bears. Justin Fields. Ah, people tell me we're almost there. No, no, Justin. You guys are not almost there. So dab your eyes. Everything's okay. The solace is you're losing and you're not almost there. Yeah. So it's fine. It's fine. Don't think, don't think you're you're grasping 
for salvation. No, yeah. no, no, you're not even close. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, the oasis in this football desert is not for another hundred miles. Yeah, you're you're not going to make it. Jumping the gun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Putting the cart before the horse. Now there are some teams. See, that was yeah. that was correct. I, I, Matt Stone wasn't here to witness the good one. That was correct yeah. though. Unlike that weird perfect. dog one that you did last week. Every dog has his day or something. No, like you that. said like every dog finds food or something. Yes. I have no idea. That yes. was weird. It was it weird. Was weird, wrong, and made up. <laughs> uh, which NFL team is almost there as a contender? Which NFL team is almost there as a contender? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight eight eight. Seven six zero three seven seven six, and again, I say the Dolphins, who were contenders, now they're almost there because I don't know when they're going to have Tua back. I don't even know when they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater back. Yeah, apparently, he is not back today. Yeah. He's not back and able to work in full. So everything looks like it's Skylar Thompson at this point for Sunday, and Reed Sinnott is going to be the backup quarterback. Mm. Holy Lord, man. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. All right, let's get back to the phones here on a Friday. There is going to be, at least we think, competent football as opposed to last night. We had the same exact conversation last Friday. Mike is in Wellington, and it's Mike on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, Mikey. Hey Ken, happy Friday, guys! Happy Friday, just brother. To piggyback what just to piggyback what you said about the Dolphins. Um, you know they were right there. I feel like they're off to a good start, but you know, really, Tua brought a lot to that team. That you can see that you're missing now, and I just feel like that whole offense got a little deflated. Yeah. So, wish him the best. Hope they bounce back. But um, my my pick would be is uh the the Chargers. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like they got a really good quarterback. The the run game is always looking really good um it's nice to see Eckler bouncing back these couple weeks um I don't know if it's the coaching I don't know what it is with the Chargers but I feel like they're just always almost there they win a playoff game but they just can't seem to get over that hump I hope they can figure it out this year for Justin so he doesn't turn into a Philip Rivers. Yeah. You know? mm. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's just uh that's just my take, guys, and enjoy your weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And I think your take is right on. I think if you were to to toss up a bunch of team names, the Chargers would obviously be one where you saw it and you say, Ah, uh-huh. Because yes, this is now going on two years, close yeah. to two and a half years, where they feel like this is the team that's gonna break out. But whether it's weird in-game management or Bad play at the most horrific time possible, a.k.a. Week 18 last year. Mm. Like, Why can't they find a way to get over the hump? And it just seems to me that that reeks of coaching. And I love how aggressive the Chargers can be. But also, if you can't get it done in the biggest moments of the season to put yourself into the playoffs... And again, this has been a pretty consistent thing with the Chargers in some of the biggest, most consequential games. That's a reflection of coaching. It it has a lot to do with what Brandon Staley and his decision-making has been for, for Los Angeles. But also to me, while everybody's been praising them as the next team because of Justin Herbert and everybody's been heralding them as the next top contender every single year, like what if they're just the Cardinals of the AFC? Where they have the electric quarterback, they have weapons, they are exciting to watch. But Justin Herbert's so much more electric and dependable than Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, at least Kyler Murray made the playoffs. In 
Okay. And I mean, or, or did he? Yeah, they did. He did. Yeah. And that, he, he's shovel passing yeah. five-yard interception returns for touchdowns. Uh, and he, he was terrible. He was ready to get back to playing Call of Duty. But man, but, that, was, that was a tiptoe back your way into the playoffs that the Cardinals did. But the Chargers year. tiptoe back their way out of the playoffs. No, you're right. So you're I'm right, just you're like, right, you're right. I'm just saying as in like, it's a team with the talent you can see. They, they, they in primetime slots, they perform, but then they also have confusing, you know, game plans and confusing calls in primetime spots and they lose games that they should win and they end up hovering around 500 and then it's a coin flip if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Palm Beach is where we find Anthony. What's going on, Anth? Hey, how you guys doing today? Good. Uh, that's what I put out there. Uh, I think the, the Falcons are, are right there, probably a quarterback away, but they've been playing their opponents tough this season. But I, what I want to know is, uh, do you think they they got screwed probably uh, last week against the? Oh, um, they unequivocally got screwed. But don't worry, Anthony. They're going to find Tom Brady for the kick. Yeah. Don't worry. They're going to find All Tom Brady. Right. So I hope you feel better. If you're a Falcons fan, I hope you feel better. That sure the officials handed Tom Brady and the Bucks the game with a nonsense roughing the passer. But at least Tom Brady's going to be fine. I hope that makes your heart feel better. <laughs> Thank you. You guys have a good day. No, I appreciate <laughs> you. I'm going to take that as a no. It did not make his heart feel better. It did not make his heart feel better. They've got a shot, though. I mean, if they, if they can beat the 49ers at home, um, you know, and they, they got one of those early slate games that I'm sure nobody will be paying attention to, but mm-hmm. if they can make a statement at home against the 49ers, then, then I like it. But that offense has not looked good and competent. No. They're not using the guy that they picked number four overall last year very much at all. Uh, I don't think they're good. It's cr- No, I don't think they're good either. They've been right there, and they've suffered two unbelievably frustrating in-division games. Yeah. Uh, losses, I yeah. should say. The opening week of the season in a game they had no business losing. Uh, just a complete face plan in the fourth quarter Wait, of the which Saints. One was, oh, the Saints yep. game, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then they had it ripped away from them against Tampa last week. The so funny part- they've played okay. They, they've actually played better than I've thought. But I don't get any confidence in the Falcons looking at a dejected sort of Arthur Smith on the sideline. Yeah, Arthur Smith is he uninspiring. Is not the most inspiring head coach in football history. And then Marcus Mariota as your quarterback, yeah. it seems like there's a ceiling on what that can give you. And we know that. We've known that because that's the reason why he's been a backup for the past five years. Like, I had not gotten a good look at Marcus Mariota until Sunday. I didn't realize how gray he is. Oh, yeah, he's up there now. I did not even know. He's a that, bit grayer. I legitimately had a visceral reaction, and I'm not trying to disrespect people who are starting to go gray. I think it's refined. I think it's a good look. I just wasn't expecting it. I was like, wait a minute. Who in the hell is that? Wait, is that Marcus Mariota? <laughs> I just didn't realize he was going as gray as he did. I'm trying to show y'all he's more, he's a veteran. He's, he's yeah. got a little more wisdom hey, now. if you can go... If you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL and you've got grays, I'm good with that. I respect people who don't try and diet, don't try and and uh, live a lie. If you're losing your hair color, just go with it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I was guy. Hey, Marcus, keep it up. Well, not your quarterback play, but that hair. Keep, keep it up. up. Keep up. Well, get the quarterback play up to par. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get that up, right? Yeah. Don't keep up what you're doing. Yeah. Like, actually bring it up. But the hair, keep that up. Keep that up. You're man. on the right plane uh, with that. Leo in Riviera Beach. Hey, Leo. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. Uh, the Dolphins, man, this is like the fork in the road for the Dolphins to be a quarterback away or uh, almost there because 
if everybody gets healthy and they stay healthy, we're contenders. If everybody stays injured, we're not contenders. Right. So that's the that's the that's the thing that scares me the most. And especially great interview yesterday with the doctor. Um, that scared me so much hearing that. Byron Jones. A chance at 50, 50, yeah, fifty to sixty percent chance. Yeah. He might play again. <laughs> that means forty to thirty percent chance right. that he won't play yeah, that's again. A, that's a, a concerning big number in my world. And so I'm sitting there like that made me dejected yesterday. And so if we can just, if he can somehow avoid atrophy in his in his calf and get back to what he maybe eighty percent out of what mm-hmm. he could play, so we could just get some cornerback help, and then we could stay healthy. On if Tua can stay healthy. Maybe this, if this is the last concussion he gets and then he plays the rest of the year, I'm confident in the Dolphins. I'm confident in the Dolphins. We just got to stay healthy. It's the fork in the road. We could either be 5-12 and 12 or 12-5. and five. It's just going to end up how, how, how our injuries play the, out. The schedule suggests that the Dolphins, at like 90% health, should be able to get into the postseason. Mm. The schedule, because they already mastered the hardest part of the schedule going 3-1, and one, the schedule is there. For them, the Christmas game against the Packers should have massive meaning mm. behind it. But you've got to get healthy. But uh, another thing that's frustrating to me, Leo, is don't think NFL, don't think NFLPA. I didn't see the ataxia that Justin Fields was suffering from multiple times last night. If Justin Fields was a Dolphin and playing at MetLife Stadium last Sunday, there is no way he stays in the game. So, for me, it continues to reek of someone being opportunistic or overstepping their bounds in terms of what a spotter's responsibility is and they don't have to answer to it because this Teddy Bridgewater thing is infuriating to me the more days that go on and he's still not back at practice. It, it feels – it's almost like one of those things where it's like – the, you know, and I, I hate to compare it to this, but it's almost like one of those things where police say, oh, we tried everything we could not to shoot. We tried everything we could not to shoot, but you still kept shooting. Right. So it's like the same thing, like the NFL saying, oh, we're, you know, we're not picking on the Dolphins. We're not picking on the Dolphins. But it seems well, like how come are. all the stuff is happening to the Dolphins? Well, this is what, so, and, and it, this is a world of conspiracy theories, and you mm. know that, and appreciate the call, Leo, and I mean, how frustrating is it when you're of sane mind and you just see uh, TV news driven by conspiracy theories and a political party driven by conspiracy theories and it drives you nuts. But this type of stuff with the NFL where ataxia, ataxia, take the helmet, done for the game. It's better to be cautious. It's all about the players. But then only one player has fallen to the, the, the new protocols with the spotter, the magical new spotter, the athletic trainer, the spotter, the ataxia hunter, mm. only one player with every team in action has fallen victim to that. This is what breeds conspiracy theories. I thought Olave got, Olave got pulled, too, from the Saints game, even though that was way more obvious that he actually had a concussion mm-hmm. um, on that touchdown catch. Ataxia is a loss of gross motor ability. It is gross motor instability. Justin Fields multiple times last night, by definition, had a taxi up. Yeah. And weird how the Chicago area spotter didn't see anything to be concerned about. Huh. Weird. It's it's really strange. Also, I got to say, I didn't see the Dolphins becoming the black man of the NFL here. <laughs> thanks to Leo. <laughs> I'm like, what the? What? That was a sharp left turn. The Dolphins 
I like that. They became the, the Miami black. Dolphins, the black man of, of the, the NFL. Just like them. They can't they they won't get left alone. Hey. What's what's going on here? Hey. I stand with the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> okay? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Hey, if you haven't done it, get into Underdog Fantasy, underdogfantasy.com. It's the best fantasy. It's the fantasy I play. Don't forget, Yankees-Guardians rescheduled game two coming up this afternoon. You have plenty of MLB fantasy to play on Underdog Fantasy. You have plenty of NFL fantasy games to get involved in for week six. College football? Yep. High lows, head-to-head, right there for you. And coming up is NBA basketball fantasy. All at underdog fantasy. Never a shortage of games to play. You can be in one game, or you can be in seven, eight, nine at one time. That's what's great about underdog fantasy. You can get lost in it, and you can love it. Underdog fantasy, underdogfantasy.com, and the free underdog fantasy app. Use the promo code WESTPALM. WESTPALM, one word, and get that deposit doubled up to $100 now. At Underdog Fantasy. That's underdogfantasy.com and the free Underdog Fantasy app. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. That is accurate. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. EDS is where you need to go. If you have any AC issues, any air conditioning problems, and I thought I thought we were out of the woods because the hurricane went through, the cold front went through, and the mornings were beautiful. It was in the 60s. It was gorgeous. Well, that lasted a week, and now we're back to hot and humid and disgusting and terrible. And so if you're AC, and it might be October, but especially you newcomers, it might be it might be October, and, and, and those of you who came from New York, or you came from Illinois, or you came from Michigan to move to the free state of Florida, well, you don't understand. This AC thing is year-round. You're working that thing year-round, and so you've constantly got to be paying attention to the well-being of your AC. If you think anything is amiss, chances are it is, and that's where EDS comes in. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is yes. EDSairconditioning.com. Family-owned and operated since 2006. Servicing Palm Beach County and surrounding areas. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDSairconditioning.com. That's EDSairconditioning.com. EDS is Yes. What did you think, Theo, of uh, the old orange for the Bears last night? Because, again, I grew up a Bears fan. I don't think they should really ever deviate from the traditional Bears uniform. I don't hate the orange tops, but the orange tops with the all orange helmets, that ain't it. I liked it, man. No. I, I was a fan of the orange. Honestly, I think it would look better if they played better in it, obviously. that That has to affected a little bit. What You're, if they put up 35 points in those uniforms? No, it would be fine, but it would still be ugly. It it's would be ugly. It looks good. Ugly team looking good on the field. Like I can differentiate the two, and it's like I told Mike Tannenbaum when he joined us early in the show, if there's anything I am, it is a fashion connoisseur. Oh, I forgot about that. If, if the orange helmets weren't just like all orange, like a blob of orange on the head, <laughs> if there was like a stripe or something to break it up, because the black sea or the navy blue sea on the helmet is so thin and so small, and you can barely see it. At least the Browns, 
The Browns helmet is iconic because it's the only uh, helmet without a logo, but it has a stripe right down the middle. So it breaks yeah. it up. The aesthetic is good. This is, it literally, the Bears look like orange Q-tips last I, night. I got I to gotta pull a picture up again if and look at it. If you dye a Q-tip orange, that's what the Bears looked like. If the Bears wore their regular navy blue helmets last night with the orange tops and then the blue and orange knee-high ring socks, that's a look. Like, that's a look right there. That's a fit. But... The orange Q-tip solid orange helmet. I still like it. No. Well, you no. know, I have to I have to admit something. Orange is my favorite color. Okay, that's fine. I like orange, but it doesn't mean that there can't be too much orange. It looked good, man. It looked good. I, I don't. I, I shouldn't be alone in this one. I think it was a nice pop of color. I think if they were scoring thirty-five points a game, we would have a different feeling about it. But they suck. It, it's hard to suck in flashy gear. When you suck in flash, that's why Russell Westbrook's his his failures have looked so bad because he's wearing like. A sombrero and overalls, and then he goes out there and gets a triple double with turnovers. Like it's tough. Yeah, it's just like how about a stripe? <laughs> like just a stripe. That's all I'm asking. Just to break you want it a up stripe a on the helmet, like a white stripe or like one of those white. It with doesn't blue matter. Surrounding... It could be a blue. Let's do yeah. a blue. Since the C is blue, let's just keep it uniform from front to back and have a blue stripe, or a blue stripe with white outline along the yeah, stripe. Yeah, I would like that too. But I think either way, it, I think it still look good. I'm, I'm a fan of the orange. Don't, like, there's other things they need to fix. The uniforms is, is far down that list. Oh, I understand that. I'm just, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm, I'm just trying too hard, but that's ugly. Everything about the Bears is ugly. Maybe well, that's my problem. They're playing so ugly. Well, I think they look ugly. I think they're almost there. I would argue, though, the commanders, <laughs> the commanders' uniforms are bad, too. Oh, no, no, they no. They should yeah. have stuck with the Washington football team yeah. uniform, which was the traditional burgundy of the, the commanders, yeah. or that deep, dark red with the numbers in gold on the sides, gold lettering numbering. That was slick. Yeah. That was good. Pardon me, but the Redskins, like those were good quality uniforms. But whatever these are, why do NFL teams think that going futuristic is the way? The Dolphins should wear their throwbacks. The only futuristic uniforms that really have ever worked are in Seattle. Ooh, that was the that tough. was the the Ooh. the greatest update of an NFL uniform mm. modern day. The other one would be when the Bucks went from the creamsicle, and we love the creamsicle now. But when the Bucks went from creamsicle oh, yeah. to pewter with the the pirate flag as their logo, that was sick too. Yeah. That worked. Like the Rams, the Rams. It took them forever to realize, hey, gold ain't it. Go back to yellow. That's the look. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to try and reinvent the uniform wheel all the time. You don't, but you also want to sell jerseys. I mean, let's let's not act like I get it's a business. Yeah. But uh, uh, the Patriots, they went back to the that that old That's, school uniform hey, is so much better than cold. when they updated it to the futuristic silver helmets. That always looked like crap. Yeah, I never liked. That's not a good look. Yeah. But Pat the Patriot is. Yeah, I, he is. I like seeing him bend down in front of me. Okay. That's uh, is this still Ken Levick alive or is this the uh, no, after he's, dark? He's just he's 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 masculine. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. When we come back, we're gonna talk four and one teams. We're gonna talk yes, Deshaun Watson. Also, I have a present for Theo. I have something I think he's gonna appreciate. It's gonna send him into his weekend. 
feeling good. I like that. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29, and I promise it's not Pat the Patriot. Yeah. Ken Levick, I'm live <laughs> on ESPN 106.3.